Welcome to Marriage Steps with Dr. Wyatt Fisher. We're reducing the divorce rate. One marriage at a time is the goal. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get us there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, licensed psychologist and marriage counselor. This show is for you, America, your life and your marriage. So call 303-596-6836 or email info at drwyattfisher.com. That's D-R-W-Y-A-T-T-F-I-S-H-E-R.com with your questions for me. Today, I'm going to talk about three ways to share power. Of my top six marriage steps that I talk about a lot, this is marriage step number three, learning to share power. It's a problem for a lot of couples. A lot of the couples I see in my private practice, it's an issue, and so I have to constantly talk to couples about it. And changing it can be easier said than done. So to define my terms, sharing power means that both partners in a marriage feel like they have an equal influence on the other one, and they both feel like they have an equal voice on all decisions that impact the marriage. But unfortunately, a lot of times, one partner doesn't share power. They, They suck up all the power, and they won't listen to their partner, and they do whatever they want. And that obviously would create a lot of problems because then the person on the other side of that feels voiceless, feels powerless, feels like they're disrespected, that what they think doesn't matter. And John Gottman, who is the godfather of marriage research, showed through his research studies that partners who feel like they don't have power in their marriage or equal power or an equal voice People who feel like that in their marriage, they have harsher startups to conflict and they desire sex less often, which would make sense because if you're constantly feeling like you don't have a voice and what you think doesn't matter because your partner does whatever they want anyway, that's going to make you feel resentful and angry. So you're going to have harsher startups and that's going to make you detach emotionally. So you're going to have less sexual desire. So when we talk about sharing power, some people naturally struggle more and other people don't struggle at all with sharing power. So it's interesting to reflect on why is that? Why do some of us share power really well and others of us really struggle to share power? One possible reason is how we were raised. So a child raised, for example, in a permissive home where the parents may have given him or her a lot of love, but they had no rules, that child grows up doing whatever they want, whenever they want to. And so they grow up with a very strong will. And they're not used to compromising. They're not used to yielding. They're not used to meeting in the middle or having to obey their parents. And so they get used to calling the shots. And a lot of times someone raised in that environment has a hard time sharing power in marriage Because they're used to being the head honcho. They're used to doing whatever they want, whenever they want to. In contrast, someone growing up in an authoritarian home where their parents didn't listen to what they wanted at all, they just told them what to do, that child growing up loses their voice. And they don't know what they want. Or if they do know, they're used to just swallowing their wishes and just dismissing their wishes. And not surprisingly, a lot of kids growing up in authoritarian homes like that, they enter into marriage passive. So they're very quick to give in, very quick to just acquiesce 
and just let go and not really fight for what they want or vocalize their view. So in my marriage, uh, one way that this has come out a lot is I have struggled sharing power. I was raised with a, a, my mother primarily who was permissive. And so I developed a very strong will of doing what I wanted when I wanted to. And my wife was the opposite. She was raised with a mother who was authoritarian. And so my wife didn't feel like she had a voice growing up. And so our cycle and our marriage that we've had to really work on is me not sharing power and my wife giving in and not trying to vocalize what she wants. And so it created a lot of vicious cycles for us. And it can be frustrating on both sides because on my side, I can feel like I want my wife to become more vocal and more direct with what she wants. And then she can feel like I'm going to do whatever I want anyway. So why even vocalize what she wants? So this created a vicious cycle for us, and it definitely stemmed from our upbringings. So one example, a small example, maybe some of you can relate to this, is our dishwasher. So we have this type of dishwasher, which I'm, I'm sure a lot of you do also, where it has a silverware rack on top with, with a grid on it, so you can put the utensils in individual little slots. And for me, I'm not as hygiene-focused as my wife, and so I would lift that and just throw all the silverware into the silverware rack because it was faster. My wife would hate that because she wanted that rack down so all the silverware would go in there and it so that it could not touch because she would say it's bad for the spoons to be spooning because then they're not getting clean. So she would make this request to me as I'm loading the dishwasher to put that lid down, the grid down, and load the silverware individually. But I would dismiss her request because I would judge it. In my mind, I would think, that's stupid. That's going to slow me down. It's not necessary. She should just be thankful and loading the dishwasher <laughs> and I wouldn't do it. And then she would unload the dishwasher. She would see I didn't listen to what she asked. She would get upset, feel offended. And she would ask me again to do it her way. And I would ignore her again and do it the way I wanted to. I was not sharing power. I was not open to her influencing me. And lo and behold, she kept getting more and more upset until finally it hit me. What am I doing? Why am I not just listening and honoring her preference? And so I decided to start honoring her preference. I put that little grid down. I put all the silverware in the little spots. She felt honored and respected. And now that's my new normal. But it took me a while to realize what I was doing and how to fix it. But it was a very simple fix once I figured it out. And so that's one way to share more power is to practice honoring your spouse's preferences instead of judging and dismissing them. Imagine the change you can make in your marriage if moving forward, any request they make, you honor it instead of judging and dismissing it. The second way to share power in your relationship is make a grid, make a graph with the husband on one side, the wife on the other, and then with all the areas that in, or that make up your life. So for example, you may have parenting, money, sex, socializing, hobbies, all the major categories of your life, and then think through who calls the shots on each one. So for example, if you have kids, for parenting, is it the husband's way to parent or is it the wife's way? For money, who calls the shots? Does the husband make all the decisions with who uh, with how the money's going to be spent, or does the wife call the shots on how the money's going to be spent? 
on sex, who calls the shots, who has the final say, on socializing, when and if you're going to socialize, who calls the shots, on hobbies, who makes those decisions on what you're going to do when. Some of these categories you may not care, and so you defer to your spouse, and that's fine as long as other categories they don't care and they defer to you. But at the end of this graph, you want it to look roughly 50-50, where you both have roughly 50-50 voice and power in your marriage. And doing a graph like that can help see, help you see which way your marriage leans. Does it lean more towards the wife wearing the pants, more towards the husband wearing the pants, or is it more equal, where you both are sharing power and both having a voice, because that's the goal. The third way to share power is to practice a technique called bouncing the ball. The ultimate goal with all decisions big and small for your marriage is to reach enthusiastic agreement, not just agreement, but enthusiastic agreement. And one of the best ways to get there is this technique called bounce the ball. So what you do is you state your opinion on some topic that's going to impact your marriage, no matter how big, no matter how small. You state your opinion and then you say to your spouse, what do you think? Or what are your thoughts on that? Or how would you feel about that? That's bouncing the ball. If you think about soccer, no one likes a ball hog or basketball. No one likes a ball hog. And when we just state our opinion and we just do what we want, we're being a ball hog. So instead, say what you think, say what your thoughts are, and then bounce that ball and say, what do you think? And then your partner does the same thing. They say what they think, then they bounce the ball back to you by saying, what do you think? And you go back and forth, back and forth until you reach a win-win where you're both in enthusiastic agreement and you both feel good about it. So that technique is applicable no matter how big, no matter how small the decision is you're facing for your marriage. That's a great policy to have in your relationship to ensure you're sharing power. Thank you for listening to Marriage Steps with Dr. Wyatt Fisher. For more information on my top six steps recommended for marital happiness, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your family and friends. And if you believe in my mission to reduce the divorce rate one marriage at a time, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash marriage steps. Take care.